Basically, the, the USA over the 20th century got grandfathered in basically to being successful and being stable. It would take a lot to undo that, but it's it's not for lack of trying. We could definitely knock ourselves off the number one spot. Only in terms of economy and GDP spent on military. <laughs> the only ones who can knock us off that spot are ourselves. Nobody beats America except America. Wasn't that what they said about Russia? And they did. They did defeat themselves by spending way too much of their gross domestic product on uh, the military and not enough on fucking feeding people and because they're com- and because they're commies come on there was no party in the ussr who <laughs> well, speak party in the ussr there was only one it was the communist it was a single party system unlike here in the usa where we have a party every day like today on the song Jeez. topsy report there it is Oh, here we, we, go. we were dancing around that like we were at a party in the USA. Yes. That's the only party that can be had in the USA right now. Unless you're in fucking South Dakota. Uh, God bless them. <laughs> uh, shout out to our South Dakota listeners. Uh, but yes, where we dissect bad, bizarre, otherwise noteworthy music to figure out how it died. I'm today's host, uh, rabbit anti-American Steve Trollinger. That's news to none of our longtime listeners, Steve. I am Nick Brigadier. And I'm Mike Russell. So, you know, I thought Mike was going to go, and I'm rabid pro-American Mike Russell. I mean, oh, that, that goes without saying. Mike bleeds red, white, and blue. <laughs> if the listeners don't know that I am a, 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 a red-blooded American by this point, Steve, I don't know when they'll figure it out. Red? Commies oh. are red, Mike. <laughs> My blood is blue. It's <laughs> because you're oh. amphibious, Steve. It's because I, I suffer from very thin blood because my family, I come from a very rich family who was inbred. I'm Castilian by nature. Uh, if it is your first time listening to the podcast, thank you for joining us. Now, Steve brought this week's episode, and obviously I'm sure you've seen the title and know what we are discussing. But Steve, I will say, I feel like I remember you had this idea shortly after the election because, I don't know, there was just a sense that maybe things would turn out a little bit better. But given... Um, the fact that really no one in the country currently can have a party in the USA, at least of more than 10 people, I feel like the song might take a different turn. Uh, no, we're going to have a party. We're going to have a party with our listeners today because they hopefully can't have a party inside their house. Mike. Um, <laughs> hey, hey, it was under 10 people. Um, <laughs> Fuck and, you, Murphy. Uh, <laughs> so this song, this song, I, I look, it's as Nick would say, Nick, what would you consider this song to be? Low hanging fruit. Oh, I was giving you. I was giving you an in for your newest catchphrase. Oh, uh, so, yes, a that's right. Banger. That's right. Yes, when we get our merch, that's going to be. That's my only thing that I have. Straight up banger. <laughs> yes, I was trying to lead you in, but you were like a just a opaque wall, just nothing. Light was being absorbed. That's your nickname, Nick. Opaque wall bringer. <laughs> and we. I try uh, to be transparent with my listeners. The. Uh, this, so this, I think a lot of people, Mike, I know included, are, are very, very pro this song. And you know, I am a huge, I can't believe we're doing this song today. I, I can't believe song. we haven't covered Miley Cyrus up until this yeah, point. We're doing Party in the USA, which I haven't said out loud yet. Um, <laughs> and uh, I wanted to do it because it it is a song that, since its original release, has actually re-entered American, the American zeitgeist on more than one occasion, um, for reasons we'll discuss later, uh, and it 
became prevalent again, both on the charts and in the streets uh, with the latest uh, election news of uh, the 2020 election. Uh, so, uh, but before we go into all of that, let's take a listen to some. So I get my handcuffs, my Oh, I'm sorry, 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 sorry. That was that was party in the CIA, the Weird Al parody, which is far superior to the original song, and I like it a lot better. Um, sorry, guys, I forgot. I didn't mean to do that. So let me just get rid of that. Let me Mike kick is that sharpening out. knives wow. over there. Wow, Steve. Let me kick that. To call out. a parody better than the original. Let's kick that out. Let's listen to this one. you not love this son it makes you want to get up it makes you want to dance and it makes you want to be a proud american come on steve i mean i do have here before me several empirical examples of people who didn't like this song uh which i'll get to in a bit but for now let's uh as nick mentioned before we haven't covered Miley Cyrus yet and it's been several it's been a hundred some odd fifty some odd episodes so um Let's talk about her now. Even uh, her dad, son- we haven't covered in years. Well, well, we did cover. We did cover our old Billy Ray. Billy Ray oh, Cyrus is Billy her dad. Billy Ray, ah, achy breaky. In, that was in a case fun we, one. In case uh, go back and listen to that if you want a refresher. Uh, also, I'm going to say up front, I'm not going to delve too far into the entirety of Miley's history. But basically, I'm just going to talk about up to this song because there's a whole swath of stuff that happens after this song that we could fill an episode with. Um, so I just want to limit us a bit. Uh, Stay Miley tuned. Cyrus, bo- yeah, born Destiny Hope Cyrus, uh, is an American singer-songwriter and actress, and as we just mentioned, the daughter of country music singer-songwriter and actor Billy Ray Cyrus and his wife, actress Letitia Jean Cyrus. Um, her parents nicknamed her Smiley when she was born <sighs> due to how often she smiled as an infant, and that later got shortened to Miley. Because Question, I'm sure Steve. that would just be weird for you to be called Smiley for the rest of your life. That's adorable. I didn't know about that. When she was a kid, Steve, was it the same smile that she does now where, like, the tongue kind of goes over the teeth? I mean, as an infant, probably, just because that's what infants... Infants are just sort of, like, discovering how their mouths work, and so they, they really give it a give it the old, the old workout. Yeah, I suppose it's probably cute as a child, but then when it's the exact same expression as, like, a raging 25-year-old... It's probably slightly different. Um, another fun little fact. Did you know that her godmother is Dolly Parton? Shut up. No, I did not. Yeah. Re- uh, are you talking about the same Dolly Parton that helped get these vaccines through? Ex- the very same. <laughs> Dr. Oh, Dolly Parton. It's all Dr. connected, Do- people. <laughs> oh, my God. This Oh, this is a perfect time to do Miley Cyrus, then. This is... Oh. I have... Zero negative things to say about Dolly Parton. We will never cover any music by Dolly Parton because she's a national treasure. Um, she truly unless we is. do an episode on one of the greatest people ever to live, and then we'll do it then. But uh, we won't be doing an episode <laughs> on her for a while. Um, so, Godmother's uh, Dolly Parton. Um, she, uh, most people probably know her as Hannah Montana. Uh, I, rem- the- I I recall that show. I was I pretty much I think that was on the end of my before I, when I kind of stopped watching the Disney Channel. 
Yeah, when she was 11, she auditioned for the role of... Uh, she didn't audition for the main character. She actually auditioned for the character's best friend, but then got called back to audition for the lead role. Um, and she was actually denied ca that casting originally because she was, quote, too small and too young for the role. But then they heard her actually sing, and they're like, oh, well, we should probably have an actual singer play this character who is a professional singer. Um, it didn't occur to them until that late in the process? No, it did not. Ah, to um, be a Hollywood producer. So, for those of you who were unfamiliar with the plot of Hannah Montana, uh, Miley Cyrus plays a character who has a secret identity as a famous pop star who puts on a blonde wig, who I guess follows the Superman Clark Kent rules, and uh, she tries to live a normal life as a teenager under a different identity while being celebrity superstar Hannah Montana in real life. Um, which is, is that, is that kind of like the life of Sia right now? Maybe. I actually don't know too much about Sia. <laughs> I mean, I mean aside, from being, aside from being a high school girl, but she's always got that, that, that hair that you can't see. You can't see her she's face. She's almost an opposite. You can't see her. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. Are yeah, you Rumble exactly. Seltzkin, Steve? Because you're spinning straight gold right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so she was on that for, for uh, six or seven years or so. Um, that show, of course, spun her off into a sort of mainstream, uh, as a mainstream, she tried to like spin off to a mainstream singer-songwriter, um, which I'm going to be up front with you guys. I'm going to make fun of Miley Cyrus a bit. <laughs> Uh, you don't I'm gonna think she's a national treasure, Steve? I'm going <laughs> to rag on her a little bit throughout the episode, but it's fine because she's rich and powerful, and I'm a podcast host. So, Steve, did you practice this justification in the mirror before you started? Yes, I did. I'm making yes, fun of a child, did. but it's okay because she's rich, and I'm a 30-something-year-old <laughs> yes, man ripping this child. She's rich and powerful. It doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> she's still feeling, Steve. The, the song we're going to cover, uh, Part of the USA, was one of her first big hits. Uh, and it, it encapsulates a truly American tale, uh, because only in America, guys, can a young woman with a song in her heart, a simple dream, a famous father, and a TV show succeed at becoming a famous recording artist. <laughs> only in America can you rise from such humble beginnings to achieve fame and fortune. It's a real riches to more riches story. Yeah, so... I'm going to rag on her a bit for that, but that's uh, okay, because she, she'll she never hear this. When you got the talent, Steve, you got the talent. Isn't it just more likely you'd have the and, talent if the if your father's got the talent as well? And, and you know what? That's a thing. That's a, that's a through line through a lot of, uh, you know, like, I, I've often, when it comes to Hollywood nepotism, I've often taken, like, a, a tiered approach to it. Like if you, as in he cries. Yes. Uh, if you are the son of someone who's already son or daughter of someone who's already famous, but you are also equivalent in terms of talent or even superior in terms of base level talent, okay, you've got a leg in, you got a, you got a foot up on the rest of everyone, but it's not like you are taking advantage of something that you don't deserve because you have, you know, you have talent. It's when you don't have it, and that is the sole reason for your existence in the industry that I begin to have negative emotions towards you miley cyrus uh famous got fa you know like had a famous father she went in auditioned for the show got it based on her talent the fact that her dad also became later a character in the show probably had nothing to do with the producers in terms of their ultimate decision making i'm sure and 
she started to feel like it was time to move on from that. She wanted to be taken a little bit more seriously. Uh, so she was, uh, I, I, I couldn't find out if she was approached by or she approached uh, Dr. Luke, uh, a.k.a. Uh, Lukaj Gottwald. I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with Dr. Luke from his famous legal battles with Keisha, uh, what? with her accusing him of sexual assault yes. and harassment. Oh, she did a whole album. Distress. She did a whole album. That was a, that was a sad album. And uh, Dr. Luke also produced and was co-writer for Avril, Avril Lavigne's Girlfriend and Katy Perry's I Kissed a Girl. He signed Doja Cat. Uh, so you, you can take it or leave him. Take him or leave him, depending on the whole thing with Keisha um, or Keisha. I'm, I'm probably saying that horribly Kesha, wrong because I'm old. Kesha. Kesha. With the yeah, dollar sign. Because I'm old. Um, now, the song Party in the USA was originally written by and for an English singer-songwriter, Jessie J. Uh, but she declined to go through with it as the song's upbeat nature sort of clashed with her own darker and edgier tastes. Wait, um, sorry, Steve. So a dark, edgy UK artist had the song Party in the USA written for them. Yes. I guess it's like uh, London Bridge being written for Fergie. Oh, well, continue. <laughs> <laughs> um, and actually, a little bit later, after Miley Cyrus uh, took it, made it her own, and popularized the song, Jesse actually did a cover of the song. Of the song she was us. originally going to of, be doing. This is what you were supposed to get, world. <laughs> That was that uh, that that isn't quite how it probably would have sounded originally because uh, Dr. Luke, uh, Jesse J, and Claude Kelly, who was also the co-writer of songs for artists like Michael Jackson, Whitney Houston, Bruno Mars, he's he's a, a big name in the industry, um, came along and reworked it once they were going to have Miley Cyrus sing it to more accurately reflect her own personal journeys and song styles. Um, and so the version that Jesse J just performed was the Miley Cyrus version. We actually don't know what her version would have been like originally. It was a dirge written all in minor. <sighs> if only. Uh, now, Cyrus had been working with Dr. Luke on an EP uh, to act as an accompaniment to her newly launched fashion line. This would eventually become the mini album, The Time of Our Lives. Together, they determined that the song had a place in the album and that it reflected the image of Cyrus much better. So they rewrote it to mimic Cyrus's own songwriting. So Cyrus didn't write this song, but she was a songwriter. So Claude Kelly went and looked at her, the stuff she had written, and tried to write it to more accurately reflect Miley's own songwriting style. Um, and the song rewrite basically focused on telling her story, a young woman moving from Nashville to LAL, uh, to, sorry, L to LA, and the culture clash that soon follows. Now, Mike, before you mentioned that uh, everyone likes this song. Well, the one person who kind of didn't really care for this song was Miley Cyrus, who uh, said that despite the efforts at rewriting it, she has said that she doesn't feel like the song truly reflect 
truly reflects her, as it was more all-American than what she was going for, as she would prove to us all later with uh, Wrecking Ball and the shaving of the head and the tongue and the overt, super-duper overt sexuality, um, like the trying-too-hard levels of overt sexuality. Hey, you know what? And that's on her. They gave her, like, a present with this song. I mean, like you said, it was like everybody just liked it. it. You know, and if she had a problem with that, needed to come in and shatter shatter that whole image that just wasn't her, well, you know what? That's that's just, that's growing up, and that's a beautiful thing. <laughs> she, you know, she definitely growing up is, the- is shattering walls, destroying the, this, this, this character of which, you know, your parents have forced you to become, and then being an overtly sexual being. And just tossing and, it around at everybody. Which, I mean, don't we all fun. do that? <laughs> which is fun because she was uh, raised as a Baptist and wore a purity ring for most of her teenage years. So, God, the cliche just gets proven over and over and over again. And the, the purity <laughs> ring wearers are the horniest, filthiest people. They just need that chance to shine. Um, and uh, there were a lot of comparisons to her uh, with Britney Spears, which she didn't particularly dislike she was a big fan of britney spears had that same sort of uh transition from trying to and i should should stress in this particular video or this particular song at this particular time she is 17 uh so she is Steve definitely gave us a in, whole spiel on that before recording <laughs> yeah. just okay guys just to lay your jokes out she was 17 when she did this song it's like you assume something of us steve That's, yeah yeah what do you what do you what, do you, what yeah. are you assuming an, and by us i mean mike <laughs> an assumption based on empirical data <laughs> discovered <laughs> accumulated through years nah, of, guys three-year rule um but no so uh, this is definitely, Party in the USA is definitely her uh, not a girl, not yet a woman song slash phase. Uh, and with that, we will dive into the song. A dissection is imperative. I hopped up the plane at LAX with a dream, my cardigan. Welcome to the land of fame access Am I gonna fit in? Jumped in the camp, here I am for the first time Look to my right and I see the yeah. Hollywood sign This is all so crazy Everybody seems so famous So, I'll be honest with you guys uh, until That's I, never safe Until I saw the lyrics of this song I, used, I thought the song was saying Welcome to the land of fame and sex Which... I'm glad it isn't, especially if they wrote it for a 17-year-old girl. Like, <laughs> yes, it's into Hollywood. Excess. <laughs> excess. Fame excess. Whoa. Though that's but, what they mean by excess. Excess means sex? I No, I think that's probably what they were trying to hint at, but not really. Steve, I'm not going to lie. I didn't know fully what my opinion would be on this song. I, this, Mike, I hate to say, this song doesn't factor into my life too radically. However... There's two pretty good little songwriting things that they f- kind of factored into this. The first off, first off, she's hopped off the plane at LAX with a dream in my cardigan. At first, I was thinking, well, that is not at all how you would dress in LAX. And LA, it's always like 78 degrees and sunny. However, if she's new, you know, 
expat from Nashville. She's from Nashville, yeah. Yes, then then maybe she wouldn't be dressing appropriately. So that kind of is immediately establishing how she's a fish out of water. And then she says, look to my right, and I see the Hollywood sign. Having gone to Los Angeles right, literally right before the pandemic hit, when you're driving away from LAX, if you're going kind of straight down Sunset Boulevard, the Hollywood sign is to your right. So the song is geographically accurate. And Nick, I know nothing gets you like more into music than geographic con- correctiveness. You're you damn know? right. <laughs> nothing gets Nick harder than geography. <laughs> His walls are adorned with maps of the of the world around him, and oh, he's just in a constant state of stimulation. Absolutely, I just you know I, I pull Google Maps on my iPad, just keep zooming in and zooming in and zooming in. Ah. <laughs> uh, Pornography, more like cartography, am I right? Uh, yes. Uh, but yes, uh, land of fame excess. Uh, she's wearing a cardigan. Uh, and am I going to fit in? Uh, probably not. Um, not right away, anyway. Wait, your dad's famous? No, you, you're fine. Yeah. Oh, no, your dad's famous and you're already on a TV show. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, the chronology of this song isn't too clear because it's like... I'm pretty sure, like, based on what I, like, they first moved to Canada because Billy Ray was on a show there. He acted on a show there, and then she was also on the same show, and then they moved to L.A. when she auditioned for and got the Hannah Montana role. So, like, this song's just kind of like in an in-between place. Um, Speaking of in-between places, I hope she describes more uh, accurate geographical sites as she continues to drive down L.A., Oh, this will get Nick, you going, Nick. Nick, do you need a cold shower before we continue here? No, hold on. Let me get Nick yeah, all I'm hot I'm just going to turn my here. camera off for a second, but keep recording. <laughs> Let me get Nick all hot and bothered this here. This is going to become a tubing episode. Um, uh, look to my right, and I see the Hollywood sign is geographically inaccurate. If you are driving away from LAX, the Hollywood sign is actually on the left. That was... Mm, what? I, are you... Oh, my... Someone pull up Google Maps. I specifically remember <laughs> no, driving no, no. towards. Nick, we need Nick focused. No, no, no. I specifically remember driving towards Santa Monica, and my Airbnb was more eastern, and L.A. the 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 Hollywood sign was to yeah, it was to my right. Ugh, ugh. I'm all confused now, guys. I, I can't focus on this anymore. Damn it! I told you, Mike. If, don't distract me. Guys, I might have to look at some maps. I'll be right back. <laughs> Oh, God. Uh, just turn your microphone off, please. Wait, what's that sound I hear? Map, 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 map. <laughs> God, I, I baked you to turn the sound off. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. <laughs> All right, before Nick continues mapping, let's, uh, let's keep going. My tummy's turning and I'm feeling kind of homesick. Too much pressure and I'm nervous. That's when the taxi man turned on the So is this just sh- shout-outs to Jay-Z? Uh, I was about to say, another fun fact here, she has gone on the record to say that at this point that the song was out in 2009, she had heard zero Jay-Z songs. Wow. What? Not even accidentally. Which is tough. <laughs> Jay-Z was obviously extremely popular circa 2009. I guess not as popular in Tennessee and Canada. <laughs> now, did Dr. Luke... 
Oh, Jay Z, a favorite. Wait, Doctor Luke wrote this. Who's who's the guy that wrote this? Doctor Luke, Claude Kelly, and Jesse J were the accredited songwriters for this. Well, the, I mean, because that's just free publicity for Jay Z. Yeah, did Jay Z have to? Did, did his manager talk to her manager? Did they work out some kind of payment? I'm going to name drop. It's like when um. You know, to reference Fergie again, when she name drops so many brands in like my, you know, Dolce and Gabbana, like I, there's got to be some kind of money exchange happening. I, or, I'm not, I'm too cynical to believe that they just like, I just like these brands. Or Gucci game. <laughs> right, it's right there in the fucking title, Mike. You're 100% right. I'm pretty sure Jay Z as a brand requires no free advertising. Like, I'm pretty sure Jay Z is at a point where he's like, no, you're going to fucking pay me to use anything related to me. Because everyone, I'm super famous. Everybody seems so famous, including me, Jay Z. And I need no help. So pay me my money or change the lyric. I would love it if the song was telling an honest, true story and Miley Cyrus is singing and a Jay Z song was on. And it turns out she'd never heard a Jay Z song and she wasn't even listening to a Jay Z song, but she thought it was. Could you imagine? Oh, wouldn't that be bad if it's like Usher and she's like, and a Jay Z song was on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, oh. a, just a kid from Nashville, you know, that's hasn't heard him kid. before. That actually, that would totally be something that would happen too. <laughs> uh, but don't don't you guys relate to this in any way? You know, when you when you when you left home and you moved, and you know you you know you get a little nervous. You know you're on your own now. You're taking holy, on the world. Holy crap, Mike. Actually, now that I think about it, I do remember um, when I moved to New York City, shortly after, I was in an Uber going from um, New York City back into Hoboken, New Jersey. And I remember the song Empire State of Mind by Jay-Z was playing. And I had that I- moment where I'm like, I made it, ma! <laughs> and a Jay-Z song was on! <laughs> that... That's actually funny you say that, Nick, because Empire State of Mind came out roughly the same time in 2009, uh, and that was the rumor was that that was the Jay-Z song that she was referring to until she clarified that she had never heard a Jay-Z song before. <laughs> uh, I personally have a problem with Empire State of Mind. I personally have a problem with every song by rich people talking about how cool it is to live in a city where there is a wide gulf of difference between how I experienced New York and how Jay-Z and Rihanna experienced New York. Hey, Jay-Z was truly rags to riches, got his start. He was All the places he name drops in Empire State of Mind were places that he lived, where he hustled drugs, like he mentions specific cross streets. He wasn't just pulling them out of his ass. He actually was a poor kid living in New York City. I will just give him that. Look, I'm tired of your defending Jay-Z, Nick. I'm tired of it. <laughs> No, if she was, if if Miley was anything like me, the Jay Z song was on. Like my introduction to Jay Z was the um, crossover that Lincoln Park did with Jay Z. She was probably listening to like Numb Encore. Oh my! The the Collision I forgot, Course. I forgot EP. they did that. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> I've become so numb. Can I get an encore? Do you want more? You want more. <laughs> Every time, every time we drive in in New York, we drive in the HOV lane. I always call it the Jay Z lane, <laughs> just because it's H. It's H. You know, H O V is a yeah. It's a Hove lane. It's a hove. Um, 
It's like I'm sure I'm sure Jay Z is it right? That's on purpose, right? Because Jay Z's allowed to use this when he's in the car by himself. He's the only one that's allowed to use it, right? I'm assuming. So when is Jay Z ever in a car by himself? God, I remember someone, some news reporter in the UK called him Jay Z, and I got so angry. I'm like, no, his name is Jay fucking Z. None of that nonsense. What's wrong get with that the- Celsius? Get that Celsius shit out of <laughs> yes. here. Yes. Now I oh I have to disagree with I, that's something I loved about the French language or I guess just Europe in general like calling it Z like it's that's so much cooler than Z I I understand it's got a little it's got a little punch to look, it look look it's your alphabet you know when you're when you're in the UK sure but his name is J Z you don't just get to change it his name's Lord Z not Lord Z <laughs> exactly I digress though. We all did. <laughs> yes. So a Jay-Z, in conclusion, a Jay-Z song was on. A Jay-Z, a Jay-Z song, song was, was on. on the radio. Wait. <laughs> yes, doesn't it start to... A lot of questions are brought up now. They're I thought playing, the Jay-Z song was just on. And that's her song, i.e. the song she's never heard. Was she not? Was she listening to nothing? Wait, was her song four minutes thirty three seconds by John Cage? <laughs> <laughs> She's just in a cab. We're just total silence is playing. Fucking Johnny Cage, man! I just want to see his version of this. Yeah, where he just he's just dancing oh, in the backseat oh, to it. silence. Just I've got it right oh. here, Mike. Hold on, let me play it. Click. Okay, I turned it off. <laughs> hey, hey, Uber driver, did you know that was me? <laughs> did you? <laughs> We're trying, uh, just trying now, a nice, peaceful, line, quiet ride. Oh, the line, God. the line they're playing my song, "The Butterflies Fly Away," could be not a reference to the the Jay Z song she hadn't heard, but a song from the show Hannah Montana, where uh, Miley Cyrus is his character and her father Billy Ray's character, who are father and daughter in the show as well. Uh, sang a song called Butterfly Fly Away. Okay. Uh, but the line was actually written uh, in, as uh, like Jesse J's in Jesse J's original version. So probably not, but it seems it seems like a weird coincidence, right? To have a song called Butterfly Fly Away and then have someone else write a song with the lyrics, The Butterflies Fly Away. To a certain it's, degree. It's it's a nice connection. It's a nice connection. All I'm saying is that obviously the fates had intervened to make this song a reality. That's how important it was. But was that song about literal butterflies? Because here, given the fact that in the pre-chorus she said, my tummy's turning and I'm feeling kind of homesick, I assumed that was butterflies in the stomach. It could be. I don't know, Nick. The lyrical progression is very complicated in this song, Party in the you know, USA. You know what? It is, but with with how all songwriting goes, I'm sure this man, like, thought about it and probably had something about, oh, butterfly fly away. Oh, you know, I bet you get butterflies in your stomach when you're nervous going somewhere new. Oh, this song's about going, you know, this girl just hitting fame for the first time. Well, like yeah, the third yeah, time. Yeah, <laughs> for the third time. An American tale. Miley goes west. Three times. <laughs> uh, but we haven't got to the fun part yet. Hold on. Yeah. 
Yo, that's uh, that's what the coronavirus is sending right now. I feel you like know it's, what? Yes, it's, it's having a blast in here. <laughs> well, Steve, why are you looking at me like that? I've got nothing to say. I literally have nothing to respond to that with. I mean, we're watching the I, music. Vi- oh, sorry. Go ahead. I did. I did the work here. I'm not supposed to have to talk any more than what so I've already been talking. <laughs> so when I'm moving my head, like yes. Like and yeah, I'm mo- and I'm moving my hips like yeah. Mm-hmm. That- how how would you move your hips like like yeah like? Do uh, I Mike, is, Mike is standing and, back, up, back and, and forth, dry that's how humping the head his goes? camera. Uh, or I, or I no, that's the like, time warp, Mike. Kinda, you're doing the time warp. What atrocious audio this is going to be. Oh, yeah. It's great great visual, though. Uh, oh, well, I wish I was recording video right now. Shit. Well, I mean, nodding your head like, yeah, I'm assuming is literally just nodding your head. And then moving your hips like, yeah, assuming that you show agreement in the same way, that'd be like nodding your hips, which I guess is just like, like helicoptering, I guess is how you move your hips like, yeah. I don't know, Nick. Typically, when I am nodding my hips in agreement, it's a pelvic thrust, really. <laughs> no, that's the time warp, Mike. We've already said. <laughs> Stop doing the time warp. I love that dance. I mean, for all I know, you that could be the way that you move your hips like, yeah. I don't know. Like, that's probably how Riff Raff dances to this song. He, I don't know if he knows a different way to move his hips. It's a party in the USA. It's a party in the USA. I'm not gonna lie. This vi- this is very good insidious pop songwriting because you, the 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 whole idea is like, how can we find a way to have a song that has longevity and can be played in a myriad of circumstances? Like as an example, um, I have heard from friends that the song I Got a Feeling by the Black Eyed Peas gets played at so many bar and bat mitzvahs because they just say the line Mazel Tov once. So they already locked themselves in as like a bar and bat mitzvah classic. And I feel like in a similar way, there will always be parties in the USA despite the whatever your local governor has stated about how many people can gather at one time. There will always be parties <laughs> in the USA. And so they are. this song will always have longevity. Mike... I, I don't want to harp on it, but I did remember seeing a video showing kegs and eggs rioters while this song was playing in the background. <laughs> Just a like, montage. Yes. Yes, of, that was the montage that put me away, Nick. And it, <laughs> and it was <laughs> Well, I was gonna get to this a little bit later, but that's that Nick, that was such a segue that I I can't possibly do it for fear of ruining continuity. Um <laughs> I had mentioned up top that the song, in terms of its longevity, uh has re sort of imposed itself on the American psyche on a number of different occasions since its original release in 2009. Uh, One such occurrence uh, was in 2011, following the uh, death of Osama bin Laden. (laughs) Um, Now, New York Magazine's, uh, and I'm sorry if I'm butchering this name, uh, Nitsa Abebe would write about that particular phenomenon, quote, This is a recent hit song whose title is dominated by the words Party and USA. Looking for anything more apt would be overthinking it. The video is stocked with great many of those things we like and do well. Drive-in movie theater, trucks, muscle cars, Daisy Dukes, giant flags. It is, just like Bin Laden's death, another convenient opportunity to celebrate ourselves. 
So literally, all it is is you wrote the words party and USA into the title of the song. Anytime somebody is trying to think of something to play when a party is required in the USA, this song will be used ad infinitum until all of us are dusted in the ground. That's what I'm saying. It's brilliant. And not only brilliant, Steve, but people love it when it comes on. You know what? It gets them moving. It's got the perfect kind of upbeat tempo that you just want to dance. And, and the, you want to like nod your course. hips like, yeah. Or move <laughs> your hips like, yeah. Move in your head yeah. like, yeah. Nodding your hips like, yeah. <laughs> if there's anything I've learned about the people, they love it when Sans tell them what to do. And look at this. It tells them exactly. Put your hands up. All right. Oh, so, butterflies so, flying. So let me just, get this just straight, feel Mike. Feel loosey goosey. All right. Now nod your head. Let me head. get this straight, right, Mike. Move your hips. Let me get this straight. They love it when songs tell them what to do, but they don't love it when their elected representatives tell them what to do. No, no, Steve. Yeah, you got. See, you'd have to come up with a really dope beats about putting on a mask that isn't. <laughs> Miley can never run for office. Otherwise, the song will lose all its power. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll I'll talk about that. That would uh, that would be another excellent segue to something else I was going to talk about. But I want to save that for the the end of the episode next. So instead, we'll just continue with the song. To the club in my taxi cab, everybody's looking at me now. Okay, so oh. now chronologically, it seems like she has gotten off the plane from Nashville, and the very first thing she did was instruct her taxi cab driver to drive her directly to the club. <laughs> <laughs> I packed light. Let's go. Oh, God. It'd be, I, I'm pretty sure there's not, but somewhere in the world, L.A. or wherever, if there was just a location called D.A. Club, and everyone is going to the club. Actually, Nick, that does exist in New York, but it is a very exclusive club solely for district attorneys. <laughs> <laughs> I want to. I want to let our listeners know we didn't plan that in advance. Steve just had the perfect punchline for that. So anyway, got off the plane straight to the club. What's next? Like who's that chick that's rocking kicks? She gotta be from out of town. Okay, so- my literally no. Nobody is from Los Angeles anymore. Everyone there came from someplace else. Like nobody, you're not going to stand out. And nobody in LA is wearing cowboy boots. I can tell you that for certain. But. Rock and kicks. Now, when did kicks mean cowboy boots? I always thought kicks just meant like sneakers, like shoes. It does, but the video is very Shit specific. Kickers, as, perhaps. Yeah, there you go. Or maybe it, she has very, a bowl of kicks cereal. Kit tested. <laughs> Miley approved. Yes. Hey, Miley, she likes it. <laughs> um, get to the club in my taxi cab. Everybody's looking at me now. Like, who's that chick that's rocking kicks? Which the video is very explicit to mean cowboy boots. Uh, she's got to be from out of town, as Nick suggested. What a ridiculous notion that there would be, A, someone who lives in L.A. who is not from somewhere else, and B, as I suggested, also is wearing cowboy boots. Also, Truly a white elk. Truly a white elk to be found. Also, she doesn't, like, drop her luggage off anywhere. Like, is she leaving that in the cab? Is she taking that with her in the club? Maybe she's just got one of those Mary Poppins purses, and she's got a few outfits in there, but oh, she there, can there, also there's carry There's magical around. realism in this, too, now? <laughs> yeah. I float to this L.A. This... in my umbrella. Oh, yeah, I forgot the other songwriter of this particular song, the uh, pa- uh, uh, Paulo Coelho. Also, L.A., I mean, L.A. and New York are obviously very different, but any big city you go to... 
nobody's going to stare at you for getting out of a cab. Especially just be she's wearing cowboy boots. Nobody gives a shit. Everyone's got their everyone's living in their own little in LA especially. Everyone is focused on promoting whatever shit they have to do. Nobody is paying attention to you. It is the it is the pinnacle of self-involvement. In fact, she fit, she fits in so well in LA. It is the pinnacle of self-involvement to think to yourself, surely everyone in this club is wondering who I am, how what I am a mysterious stranger come to town. That's what the song is about. She truly does fit in because she's already so self-absorbed. <sighs> it's a party in the USA. <laughs> but you know what? It's that kind of mentality, though, guys, that, that leads you to greater things, right? Sadly, yes. You got to think that you're great, and then you become great. It's or, called the secret. <laughs> she's like, oh, everyone's looking at me. Well, I might as well go over and introduce myself so they stop staring at me, right? Fake it till you make it is a woefully productive technique in American society. I am... Always shocked and dismayed at how effective it is. Alright, a lot happened. America happened. Oh, yeah. A massive American flag unfurled behind her as she gets into the second chorus. But also, lyrically, a lot happened. As you were saying, she establishes she's not in a Nashville party. All she sees are stilettos, fish out of water, etc., etc. We didn't talk about this last time, though, but she rhymes homesick with nervous. Or she doesn't. The myriad of songwriters did. And and it's not really rhyming when it doesn't rhyme. So you can't use the (laughs) verb rhymed. Wait a second. It's not supposed to rhyme. That's fine. I'm just calling out Nick trying to I mean, bogart the use of the word rhyme to mean it's got a similar cadence. My tummy's turned. I'm feeling kind of homesick. Too much pressure, and I'm nervous. Like that. That's that's my, called meter. I. It's like how sometimes there's a pause where a punchline is supposed to land, but you didn't say anything funny, so nobody says anything. Like that was the space where a rhyming word. I don't know what that's like. There was a space where a rhyme should appear. And there wasn't one. Did you just give Steve the, oh, no, you hold on a minute. <laughs> no. No, he was trying to prove his point yeah. oh, by making okay. all of us stop talking so that my, my quote-unquote joke fell flat and he gets proven right. But now I've called him out on his shenanigans. The curtain has been pulled. Oh, we're so funny when we talk about, the, <laughs> oh, when we talk about meta comedy. I never met a comedy I didn't like. I did. I was trying to struggle to remember any comedy movie in my head just now, and I failed miserably. Shit in this list. Shit. Damn it. (laughs) Um, So her tummy's hurting again, uh, and she's feeling homesick. Maybe she has IBS. I don't know if she should be partying. All all that's happened is she got off this plane and is just like, oh, shit. Also, wait. She's got... Is this how you felt when you when you first came to the city and you got dosed by someone who didn't realize that you had a gluten intolerance? Like, yeah, you know, essentially, <laughs> yes. Wait, now, so hold on. So, um, okay, no, she did say that. I, I got confused for a second. She said, they're all like, who's that chick from Rock and Kick? She's got to be from out of town. So hard with my girls not around me. I actually thought I didn't hear the not part, and I just had a moment where I was like, why? Wait, 
you have an entourage why are you why are you upset why do you feel alone turtles there you should be fine <laughs> it's an entourage joke for anyone who hasn't watched tv in 10 years all right, and this time, a Britney song is on. And we have established she does know who Britney Spears is, though. She's well aware of Britney Spears and has heard several songs. Do we know which Britney Spears song? Did she ever... <laughs> uh, it's either Slave for You, uh, Give Me More, or Peace of Me. Though, if the song was recorded in late 2008, it could have been uh, Womanizer or If You Seek Amy. Yeah, when are we going to free Mike, Britney? I, I don't know if you're aware of the song, If You Seek Amy. It's actually a funny pun, because if she sings it fast, it sounds like she's saying, F-U-C-K, me, fuck me. That's why it's funny. If You Seek Amy. Yes. Yo! Mike just got it, because I explained it and made it funnier. Yeah, I appreciate it. See, sometimes you got to explain jokes, and I'm like, If You Seek Amy. And I've been saying that all day. Now... Depending on what I, I guess, does the Britney song that's on change this song at all? Like, if it is, if you see Kami, that adds a different subtext to like if it was sometimes or oops, I did it again. I mean, it certainly will change the way she nods her head like yeah and moves her hip like yeah. I suppose, yeah, if it's different tempos, um, I was gonna say different time signatures, but I don't think Britney Spears went like you know, free jazz on any of her songs. Uh, no free gonna... jazz, just free Britney. Oh, how old is she at this point? Thirty-seven, mid late thirties. Oh, man, all right, such a weird life. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna try to. I'm gonna skip ahead to the bridge here. I think. You know what's beautiful about this? It shows how important it is to have just a little, that little nugget of narcissism within you. Because all of a sudden, she's hearing her song being played and everything gets better. You gotta, love, your, you gotta love yourself a little bit, everybody. But Give here's the thing, is the, song, is the song her song or is it someone else's song that she claims is her song? You know, like, like this is my jam or something like it's that. It's a Jesse like, J song that she claims as her own. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. You know what? You know what? I get you. It's like like uh, if I'm having a rough day and I'm thinking I got to, you know, I got to pack it out and move out of here. And then all of a sudden the DJ throws on S Club 7's Bring It Back. And then I'm <laughs> like, that's my that's my jam. <laughs> or the fast feel, food rockers. I feel so much better. Oh, bring on the fast food uh, rockers. Yeah, oh, baby. <laughs> Some Euro... Feel good pop. Ah. I and mean, then, you know. Oh, no, go you, ahead. I'm just saying, you just start feeling better. It's great. The only thing I can truly, truly sympathize, unironically in this song, is that impulse of like, I feel like hopping on a flight back to my hometown tonight. Something stops me every time. The only difference is it's not a song that the DJ spins. It's a crippling fear of failure. Yes, I know nothing of this. Crippling fear you speak of. Unless Explain there's a song called "Crippling Feel of F- Crippling Fear of Failure," um, which 
I don't know. It sounds like a I, Kevin Federline song. I was going to say either that or I'm pretty sure that was a uh, pretty sure that was like a Green Day song at some point. <laughs> Nick, um, as a as a man, as a man who has failed many times, so many times, I don't know what you're so afraid of. Now, as in, I'm a oh, man okay. who has you're failed. You're talking about many- you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, it took me a second there to parse that. I was like, Nick, wow, someone going whose life has gone right to shit. I don't know what you're afraid of. The worst has already happened to you. You can't eat bread. Look, Nick, you may be an untalented, worthless piece of shit, but you should let it get you down. <laughs> Just embrace it. No, Mike, look, I, I, obviously, I came to New York City to act. I have exposed myself to many instances of failure. Hell, I, I was on an improv team for three and a half years. Like, it's not that. It's just, I, God, party in the USA is really cutting deep. Um, it's just so weird in that she comes so close, or once again, I know she didn't write the lyrics to this technically, but the song comes so close to cutting at a legitimate impulse. Like, also, like, I know so many friends and family who've gone to, like, New York or L.A. and stayed there for, like, a year, maybe a little more, and it didn't work out, and then they come back home. And I can understand that sort of impulse. I just feel like to say that, oh, I hear, I hear my song, and that's what keeps me here. You can hear your song anywhere. You don't have to be in L.A. <laughs> Streaming services are, are plentiful. Uh, and with that poignant nugget, um, <laughs> boy, that oh, I feel like I learned something today about Nick. Just no, we we didn't. It's fine. Uh, I feel warm inside, <laughs> guys. None of us have had any character development or growth from the beginning of this podcast to the end. It's not an arc, just a plateau. <laughs> it's <Yep>. just. <laughs> um. So I mentioned I mentioned before the. Uh, Mike was Mike was wondering who in the right mind could possibly dislike the song, and I had mentioned that Miley herself wasn't a huge fan. Um, obviously, she likes the success it brought her, but you know she also felt that it sort of cut more of a figure that others were presenting of her rather than her true self, because she also longed to be darker and edgier or whatever. I guess like Jesse J. She, yeah, she's the Chris Nolan of I don't know. I fucking, wonder if they're friends. <laughs> Uh, probably they worked together on the song, but um, despite the fact that this song was certified seven times platinum, Jesus, uh, people people like Mike here uh, love it. Um, it the reviews for the song were also largely positive, but in very backhanded ways. For instance, oh. the Guardian's review: uh, "Party in the USA" was a cute pop song. That, manupap- uh, that manufactured pop need not be a bad thing if the manufacturing is good enough. Uh, Yahoo Music says, Fortunately for Cyrus, the other songs from The Time of Our Lives flee your brain cells within seconds of their final chords, which means you're more likely to remember the breezily brilliant hit part in the USA. Or my favorite one, as Dave Brockington of the New York Post says, quote, I don't hate it. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, that's the thing. 20 years from now, you throw this song on, and anybody who was growing up, or like, you know, I don't know, what, what, what year was this, 2009? Yeah, 2009. Like in high school, college, what? I think anybody. I, you know, 20 years from now, anybody who was like 12 years or above, you put this song on, they're going to be able to sing along with mostly probably every word. 
You said 20 years from now, or 18 years from now, people will be asking, what were you listening to when you heard that Osama bin Laden was killed? Same, same answer. Now, there's that, thank you for bringing that up, Nick, because there's a second reason why this song became uh, imposed upon our popular culture again, and its resurgence in popularity has to do with the uh, week before last, uh, following the electoral victory of President-elect Joe Biden over St- Steve, President at this Donald point, Trump. it'll be more than a week and a half ago. More than a week and a half, yes, thank yes. you. Uh, following the, the call by the major news outlets, the song re-entered almost every chart that we have uh, to, to uh, quantify this sort of thing and saw a huge increase in streaming. Uh, and it was even used in a few of those spontaneous celebrations that Mike has a stick up his butt about. <laughs> hey, uh, listen, I'm all for <laughs> celebrations. I'm all for partying it up. But it is just ironic to me, the folks who engage in that behavior being also the same folks who were giving me shit if I was running without a mask. The same throngs of people followed you. <laughs> hey, asshole, wear a mask. Hey, <laughs> Put your hands up and play a masa. <laughs> Yeah, turn up Miley and just tone them out. <laughs> like, uh, uh, so I put Miley my hands up. Would, I'm wearing a mask. The butterflies fly uh, away. Miley herself would actually tweet a video of one of those celebrations while saying, "Quote: Now this is a party in the USA," which goes to show her her own thoughts on the use of that song to uh, to describe the feeling of elation that certain people in America felt that particular day. Um, which is funny when you think about. This song being played first to celebrate the death of the world's greatest terrorist, and then the next time everyone felt like playing it was when somebody lost an election. And you think to yourself, how bad do people have to hate you for this song to be described and used in the same two moments in time? Yeah, that's... Like, how how much do people have to hate you to, A... Use a song that celebrates that ce- previously was used to celebrate the death of a of a terrorist, and also if you look at like the videos of like Paris where like the bells were ringing in the streets and it looked like fucking VE Day in Paris again. If people hate you that much to replicate the end of a world war and the death of a terrorist just because you lost your job, you think that would give you some sort of sense of gosh, gosh dang it. Maybe I shouldn't be quite as big of a turd blossom. A turd blossom. It was not a party in the USA. For, yeah, there, there, uh, there were pockets yeah. of this country where party in the USA was countered with macho, macho man. Macho man. Uh, this, uh, this was included in a few other hits like Insync's Bye Bye Bye. That was also very popular and <laughs> hit the charts again. And uh, rapper YG's FDT, which has nothing to do with anything except that it could theoretically be used to spell out fuck Donald Trump. Either that was really prophetic songwriting or just a wonderful coincidence. Yeah, you you just... Ha- okay, for any anyone who listens to our podcast, if you're like a songwriter and you, I don't know, listen to our podcast to figure out what not to do, then what you really should be thinking is write a chorus that has a statement or a proclamation that is generic enough to be applicable to any situation that can happen in the future. And then you're locked in every every so often, every couple of years, you'll get a bigger check from Spotify and Apple Music because everyone will be streaming it. Yeah, like you're like, oh, crap, I want to celebrate Halloween. Uh, something about monsters dancing, doing yeah. a dance like the mash. What is it? What? Ah, it's on the it's tip on the- of my tongue. 
I'll Google Monster and Mash and see what comes up. I'm telling you what, I hope one day a Christmas song comes to my mind and I can be the next Mariah Carey. That would be... Ooh, but see, uh, my Christmas is pretty pretty heavily saturated. You have to be really, really specific. Like, you, yo, have, to write, you, can, you have to write a song like... Re, uh, like Mariah Carey, dude! It was no. already a saturated market. Think about it, it Bing and Frank... And all the those cr- classic Christmas songs. I mean, Christmas. Mike, you have to write a Rudolph song. The Red Nosed Reindeer. Came you have to write out. a I mean, song, Mike, like called like "Give Me the Gift Receipt," like something so specific that people might be able to relate to. Or like, I'm going to write a song. Give gonna, me the gift receipt. I'm like, going to write a song <laughs> called "I'm Sad She Died." That's what I'm going to call it, and that's all the chorus is going to say. So that any time, and it's going to be a really emotional, heart wrenching song. So anytime a woman dies who is slightly well known, they can play this song, and I can get that money. Oh my God! And you're, you know what? And you're going to fill it with all those, those sweet nothings you whisper in your lady's ear, aren't you? I don't <laughs> whisper in my girlfriend's <laughs> ear. I'm sad you died. She's like, what the, what the fuck are you talking about, Nick? Shh! Everyone dies. I know. I'll write a song. I'll write a song, and it'll be the new dance craze of the nation, and I'll call it California Inferno. (laughs) Yo, this song is fire. So that way, anytime someone Googles those two words together, and I see no reason why they would ever need to do that, so maybe my idea doesn't have any legs... But if they did, boy, howdy. So, so Steve, okay, you're honing it now to just SEO optimize song titles. You're just going to pay. You're going to start by what is the most Googled words or sentences, and then just write song titles based on them so that everyone will find them again. That's brilliant. That's the most American songwriting technique possible. That's the party in the USA. Yeah, like when, like, I'll write a song for Mike. It was a uh, stepladder for my sister. That was and... my idea. The porno about a guy who fucks a stepladder. Wow. Wow. I can't, I, I can't believe you just did that. You know, and you know Nick's going to have to cut that. <laughs> that bastard. He's not Do taking I know my that? <laughs> Do I know that? Here's what I know about Nick. Yes, he gets upset when I steal his jokes. But he's enough of a, of a professional to leave the jokes in because he knows they're gold. Oh, I'm just but fair. Uh, but that's party in the USA, guys. And what a party it was, Steve. Thank you what so much for. It was. Like I said, it, it, Miley Cyrus has always been like kind of in the periphery of like artists we should cover. It was just a matter of which song. But truly, I think this song. I mean, and, and like you said, Steve, we only covered up on her career essentially up until that point. I know that she's had some interesting peaks and valleys since then that I'm oh. sure we could cover in some of her future songs. I songs can't wait after. till we cover the twerking Miley Cyrus said. We've all come to know and love. Well, no. No, at least, yeah. Uh, But Steve, thank you so much for bringing this to our attention and for all the research that you did. Thank you. It was the only way I could gloat. And now I'm done gloating. Now I'm going to be a fair, fair fair-minded, impartial American once again. Ha, ha. Steve, you started off by saying how how much of a fervently anti-American you are. It's just, I hate Fahrenheit. I hate it so much. (laughs) Doesn't it makes any sense. It's unfair in height. Uh, and to our listeners, thank you so much for listening. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Mike has dropped his mic. Uh, and you can follow me personally on Twitter and Instagram at Nick Brigadier. And uh, Mike, where can we find you? 
You can find me on my Instagram at MrMikeRussell.com. That's MrMar.dot where I have been posting lately all my kickboxing photos with how many calories I've burned. But as soon as Governor Murphy has his way, I'm sure the gyms will be shut down soon, too. So get them while you can. Zing? Mike, uh, a question Mike do you want there. me to just buy you a bag for your for your apartment? No, Steve, it's the principal of it. <laughs> I need the group class, Mike, Steve. your personal trainer possibly gave you COVID. My, oh, first of all, that was a false alarm. I was fine. Yeah, but not Second, the, tra- the trainer. Secondly, did get- she did get COVID. And you know what, Nick? You know what, Nick? T- two weeks later, she was better. So, I, I'm, like, I'm thrilled to hear that. So I'm, I'm thrilled for her as well. And you know why? You know why she was, Nick? Because she has a strong immune system. And you know how you get a strong immune system, Nick? By listening to the song, Tops Your <laughs> Oh, yeah. So check out our stuff on, uh, yeah, check out our stuff on, um, on uh, Instagram, DapperDevilProductions.com. Send us your songs, suggestions, be them bizarre, noteworthy, or just terrible. Yes, and, please. Um, why don't you tell us? Oh, oh, <laughs> what <laughs> what your last party was like? Was it socially distanced? Were you? Was it a year ago? <laughs> yeah. Do you even remember? Because <laughs> I truly remember the last major party was probably uh, my birthday, where both of you guys were doing karaoke with me. And I'm so happy I got that in February, right before karaoke became the most dangerous activity you could do. God, that was a great party. Just like 10 people crammed in a room sharing a microphone. I don't know when that's going to happen again. Mixing up their beverages, not knowing whose was whose, and yeah, just drinking from them anyway. we're all friends. Let's share. Uh, Direct well, quote. What What do you guys think? It, uh, like February? 2022? <laughs> Who knows? Uh, and Steve, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at YourManTrollo, on my personal website, StephenTrollinger.com, and on the uh, Dapper Devil Productions website, um, and... Uh, at home, because, again, we're just at home. Yeah, so Steve, uh, what's your address, just so the listeners can swing by? Oh, it is Mike's address at... No! (laughs) Blankety-blank-blank, blankety-blank-blank-blank. Damn it, Mike moved, so I don't actually know it anymore, so I can't dox him. That's that's the reason he moved. Because of all the sick stuff our listeners have been sending him. (laughs) I like the stuff they send. (laughs) I mean, the underwear's used, but I could wash it. Uh, no, uh, no. We our listeners have actually sent us some fantastic stuff. Some of which we've played on this episode. So thank you, thank you to our listeners, and thank you for listening week in and week out in the crazy uh, times. Wait, that we on find this us. on this episode or on this? Podcast? No, not on this episode. <laughs> the, the, but the Scientology episode we just yes, did yes, was, Scientology. Was, the album was snail mailed to us by a listener, so we do appreciate all of Ross them. Uh, and until next week, I'm Nick Brigadier. I'm Mike Russell, and I'm the last great American. Yes, Steve. And we will see you next week. Take care.